Welcome to Training Unleashed, the show that will help you design and deliver training that's off the chain and will make a difference. Now, here's your host, Evan Hackle. Everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of Training Unleashed. Today, we're going to have a fantastic episode. I have with me Julianne Sullivan. She is a business culture expert. And business culture to me is a personal passion. Uh, I think it's kind of funny. I think most companies never really even think about it. uh, (laughs) I think Peter Drucker said, culture eats strategy for lunch. (laughs) And and it's true. Um, And culture is super important. So Julia, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself and and then we'll get right into the interview. Okay. Well, I started my schooling in psychology, got a bachelor's degree in psychology, took a seven-year break to live in the mountains, woo, and uh, then came back and got my MBA in, drumroll, accounting. So then I became an accountant for a few decades, and I didn't want to learn any more about that, so I got out of that. And then I realized I had quite a unique partnering between the inside of humans, the psychology part, because I've been studying human behavior every day for decades, and this business side. So I combined the two and became a business culture expert by continuing my own research through my own podcast called Businesses that care and the work that I do and the knowledge that I gather. Um, I like making a difference in a company as a whole, starting with one person at a time. Well, first off, I enjoyed being on your podcast and uh, businesses that care, and we will put that link in the description. Uh, Why don't we just start off and Take a second and discuss what culture is versus what strategy is uh, and why culture is important. Okay. So to me, I'm sure there's 150,000 different definitions out there. Strategy is the plan that a company has to move forward to whatever their professional, profitable goals are. The culture is the people that are necessary to make those goals happen, to make those dreams come true. You can't do it without the people who are on your workforce. So creating that culture where everyone is very keenly aware of, A, what the goals are, and here's the big thing, why they're important not only to the company, but to each individual. That's how you build a really good culture. When you have a culture like that, all those dreams and goals and strategies move forward in a lot more consistent, efficient, and effective way. I like to say that every company has a culture. Yeah, just some like of them it. aren't. Yeah, right. Right. Just, it just doesn't matter whether it's a healthy culture or an unhealthy culture. Correct. Correct. What are are some of the tips and ideas you give people to build a healthy culture? I would say the number one aspect of any culture that is really necessary, and it's really the foundation of all the work that I do, is in communication. 
how we communicate with one another. And a big piece of that is how we listen. In many cultures, leadership doesn't listen or it doesn't listen enough or it doesn't listen with an open enough mind to include people that work with them. And when people feel like they are really a part of what's going on and they understand the whys and wherefores, again, everybody works harder, smarter, are happier. I, I, you know, I almost cringe when I use the word happier because when I first started out in this business, that was my whole thing. Let's work happier. And one of the things I found was, ooh, corporate America didn't like that word, happier. It was you know, <laughs> I didn't like that at all. But when people work happier, I'll say it now, you know what? They're healthier. They actually come to work more often. They get up in the morning and they say, I want to go to work. I want to contribute. As opposed to, hmm, the sun's shining. I think I'll go on a picnic. As opposed to going to work. I can't, I can't agree with you more. Uh, people need to know why they're important, how they contribute. Good communication is the heart of that. And people that are happy at work are more productive at work. Yeah, uh, and they're more creative and they're better problem solvers. And every other aspect you would want in a workforce happens when people feel like they are in a culture they really belong to and feel comfortable in. Training Unleashed is brought to you by Tortal Training, specializing in e-learning and interactive online training solutions for corporate, government, nonprofit, and franchise organizations. Tortal makes effective training easier. Just go to tortal.net to gain access to real-world tools that can make a difference. That's tortal.net. T-O-R-T-A-L. Tortal.net. I was talking... Uh to somebody we both now know, Katrina Mitchell, just this morning, actually. And she said, she said, shared a story with me that's kind of relevant. And we were talking about training puppies. And she says, it's a lot easier to do it right. She's a professional puppy trainer, by the way. You probably don't know that. Oh, she says, cool. it, It's a lot easier to do it right the first time than it is to try to fix it later. That's and true I, with everything in life, isn't it? Yeah. So maybe talk a little bit because we have training professionals that are, that are primarily listening. How can the training department help with the onboarding from a culture perspective to help people within the organization really get and understand the culture and, and, and be good listeners and collaborate, understand the strategy and how they're important? Well, you know, <laughs> not to plug my own podcast, but on businesses that care, one of the things I have companies do is utilize that and they have as a recruiting tool. So they have people who are coming in to the company to work for the company, listen to the podcast. And if they don't like the, what they hear in the culture of the podcast, they don't apply, which is a lot better off than having wasting everyone's time, not to mention money if they are, um, if they are hired. So the other great thing uh, to do, which a lot more companies are doing, and a great way to match up different generations is to assign a mentor. 
It is. Here's, here's something before that happened. Before you go too far, I want to point this out. Your idea of talking about culture beforehand, before they come on board, brilliant. Really, really good idea because you know, if you have someone who's not a good cultural fit, no matter how much you talk about culture, you can't, you can't, you can't do anything with. So I just wanted to highlight that because I think that's that's a that's a big idea that my guess is ninety nine percent of the people listening haven't thought of. So uh, yeah, I think I think it's important whether you do it through a podcast or whatever. I think it's really important when you're interviewing someone to ask certain questions that will give you the answer of whether they're going to be a good fit in your culture um, because you strive to build a certain culture. And if someone doesn't like that from the offset, it might be difficult for them to be a good fit. And people aren't going to be a good fit everywhere. It doesn't make them a bad person or a better person. It's just not a good fit. So so that's number one. Find out before they even come on. So let's talk about this mentoring. So um, boomers love to mentor because it makes them feel good. And actually, millennials like to be mentored. It makes them feel good because they feel like they're getting a leg up on what they should know. So it's a great way to get different generations together and while they're working together, they are going to find out aspects of those generations they wouldn't normally know, which is going to make them not so odd to each other, right? Because how they grew up is really different. Uh, the next generation is going to be even more different. Every generation has a, a set of life experiences they grew up with that make them very different. So that's another good way about mentoring. And another good idea, I think, is to have a central person. If you're having problems with our technology, go see Jay. Jay is the person who can help you with all your technical problems with our equipment. If you have a procedural issue, and you're not really sure how we are supposed to follow this procedure. Sheila, Sheila's the one, she's in charge of that. Now what you're doing is you're giving people not only someone to ask, but you're telling them that you almost expect them to have questions. That's a big obstacle in companies is people don't ask questions because they don't feel safe enough to ask. So if you set up, right? Go to this person over here, go to this person over here. You want to know what restaurant to eat at in town, go to this person over here. Whatever it is you set up, you make some of them fun. Then people know, oh, they expect people to ask questions. And I have a designated person instead of sitting at my desk for a half hour trying to figure something, figure something out. I can't do on my own. And I wouldn't, who am I going to ask? I'm new. I don't want to ask Joe. Joe will think I'm an idiot right? Instead of, oh, I go and ask Jay. Jay's the person I ask about these particular issues. So that's another idea. I'll tell you something. That is simple brilliance. I mean, seriously, what a simple idea. This is what I do. Simple brilliance. (laughs) So that's great. But no, seriously, I mean, it's such an easy thing to do, but you're right. People that are new at jobs are afraid. Uh, And if you... Even people who've been at jobs for a while are afraid. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's absolutely 
absolutely true. Um, perhaps now we can take this, this concept of culture and just talk about what are some things companies can do on an ongoing basis to build healthy culture. Well, oh, there's so many ideas, you know, that I've gotten from the incredible leaders that I've spoken to um, through the podcast. I, I, I've got to say there's, there are um, great leaders out there. Whatever you choose to do, I will say that there has to be repetition and reinforcement. And I'll give you an example. The Dwyer Company, which is a parent, and I could have this number wrong, to 18 different franchisors, okay? They have a code of values. That code of values is used at the corporate level, level at every franchisor, and at every franchisee, and with every employee. So that's quite a lot of people in there. They don't, they start every meeting on any level, either talking about one of those values or reciting those values. Talk about something being a part of their culture. They just do that. That's repetition and reinforcement at its highest level. And in fact, any employee that can recite from memory and with heart, that's part of the explanation. The values of the company gets a t-shirt and a gift card and a certificate. So I, I, I actually work with the Dwyer Group. Okay. And uh, they are an amazing organization. Amazing. And I have been to many of these meetings. And as a, a vendor that sits in the meetings where they're going through it, they give me a cheat sheet, so I don't have to have it memorized. But everyone does like a sentence, and then it goes around, and they have me as a vendor participate, uh, which I think is really cool. And it tells you something about the company. They're bringing uh, you into the family. Yeah, they're bringing me into the family. And I've attended their, their conferences and actually witnessed a franchisee sing their values. Uh, <laughs> That's great. So, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's, it, you know, it's, it's one thing to have them written down, but it's another thing to, to uh, verbalize, verbalize. And I, I'm just to tell you this funny story. I went into a client, it was a new client and, and on the wall, they had their mission statement and their vision statement. Oh yeah. And it was big. So I'm in with the CEO and I said to him, in your own words, because I ask this question all the time, because this is a good judge. I said, what is the mission and vision of the company? He didn't know. And I said, so how, how could anyone else? How, and, I, and, and I'm like, how many times have you walked by your statement? Because <laughs> just writing it isn't enough. You have to really, you really have to live it. So yeah, that, I think that repetition and reinforcement is so important. And, and as you experience the Dwyer Group, to me, of all the companies that I've talked to and worked with, they were above and beyond. They, they, they get it, as they say. They really, really get it. So um, I think that's vitally important to have the culture that you want. The other is like the example you use, a mission and value, a mission and vision statement is really great. But what the heck does it mean? 
And if the CEO doesn't know what it means, how could anybody else know what it means? Um, and I think, well, I don't think, I know that for people to know the purpose of what they do, the bigger picture is also um, fundamentally necessary to create a culture where people want to come to work. And they, when I say they need to know their purpose, I'm talking about the bigger purpose. For instance, I worked with a company that made brakes for airlines. Well, they had people in the corporate office and they had people doing work online, right? Putting screws into an assembly or whatever. But every person knew, because it was on everything they had, all their pay stubs, every email, posters all over, was that they save lives. That was kind of their motto. And because they incorporated it into everything, every person at every level, no matter what they did, realized that they saved lives. Yeah, very Which cool. changes what they're doing. Yeah. I'm not just putting a screw in. I'm saving lives. That's going to make you do your work at a much higher level. We're so glad you're listening to this episode of Training Unleashed, brought to you by Tortal Training. The difference between Tortal Training and other online training companies is we're primarily a training company with technology rather than a technology company that does training. Want to find out more? Just go to Tortal.net. That's T-O-R-T-A-L, Tortal.net. So I'm going to ask you a really tough question. Oh, you! I thought these were tough. <laughs> <laughs> you're really stretching me today. Yeah, no, this is a, this is a stretch. Okay. I, ho- I, I hope you're. I hope you're not upset. I asked you this question, but I think you could handle it. A lot of people listening to this call, are, are this podcast, are saying to themselves, "I wish I worked in a company like that," but I can't do anything about it. I don't have any control, and. I get asked this question all the time because, you know, you're talking about business culture. I talk about creating engaging environments. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know. Which you which, need for a good business culture. Yeah, no, they, <laughs> everything works hand in hand here. But, you know, what do you say to the person that says, hey, I'm one person. I don't have control. What, what, do, you, what do you say to them? What advice do you give them? You know, it's kind of funny because just today I was practicing in my car a presentation about change and this came into my mind because there are people out there who say that and here's what I say to that. Each of us can be an example of what we want the world around us to emulate. You know, when you're little babies, you need your parents to change your diapers and feed you. And at some point, you become an adult, hopefully. I'll add that. And at that point, it's not up to your leadership, your managers, your supervisor, your friends, or your family. It is up to you to make the world you live in. and. 
if you're in a company where the culture isn't all that you want to be, you want it to be, you can make your energy space, for a lack of other words, the world you want to be. So if you would like people to listen more, then you need to listen more. You know, many times I tell an audience, take all that time you're using to judge others and take 10% of that time. I'm not asking you to take all of it. Just take 10% and take a good look at yourself and how you're acting. Now, if you're really in a culture that you feel is keeping you underfoot, if you really feel like people are oppressing what you could be, then your decision may be to find someplace else. Because what I see is happening, even though it's slow, is more and more companies are understanding we better have a happy, welcoming, progressive culture or we're not going to have enough people to work here to give the service or products that we have. And with our base of employees shrinking, the ones who get it sooner are going to reap the benefits. The ones who wait, they're going to be out of luck. Well, you said a couple of important things here. And I, I want to take a second and highlight them because I think they're really, really key, which is to, for you to make a difference, you need to be that difference. You need to act and behave the way you want to receive. And that absolutely, totally works. Uh, that's what personal leadership is. Uh, and I think that's really, really strong advice. And the second thing you said is if you really don't like working where you are, move someplace else. And, and I think a lot of people feel stuck in jobs. And maybe, you know, during the Great Recession, you had to, you had to be stuck in a job. But today, you can find a job. And there are lots of companies that want to hire people with great attitudes and, and great teamwork, good listeners, etc. Yeah, can you see being in an interview and when they say, why'd you leave your last job? And they say, well, it was really oppressive and they never let me be heard and they never let me express my creative ideas and they, you know, I'm looking for some place to grow and be the best person I can be. And that wasn't the place for it because they wouldn't allow that. They wanted to keep me in a box. If I'm interviewing that person and I want my company to grow, I'm going, yeah, you're the person I want. Yeah. Assuming oh. you have the skills and whatever. Yeah. No, total, I, 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 to, I totally agree. Totally agree. Unfortunately, we are running out of time. Oh, my gosh. It was so much fun. It I have so fun. much more to say. Well, you know, the good thing is people can listen to your podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. Or they can uh, call me. Yes. I talk. And uh, I, I, why don't we do the contact information now, and then we'll end with your, your tip. Um, I normally do it the other way, but we've just started it. So okay. if you want to tell people how they could reach you, that would be great. The best way to reach me is pick up the phone and dial 724-942-0486. My name is Julianne Sullivan. I have no E on Anne. 
You can find me on LinkedIn. That's the name of my website. You can put in Businesses That Care or Mere Mortals Unite. If you want to find me, you put in Julianne Sullivan, I'm on the first page of Google. You will find me. I love that. I love that. No excuses. <laughs> okay. Uh, we ask everybody, if you had one trip, trip, one tip for people to be better at training or to do good training, what would that one tip be? Listen to your audience. You know, as a trainer, and I, nothing is more exciting to me than a half or full day training. I love that. I love being able to build a relationship with the audience through the day. You have to be willing to listen to what it is they need. If you just go in there with, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to give three minutes for this, and you're going to miss gems out there and ways in which you can really enrich the lives of your audience. That's a great tip. That's a great tip. I want to take every single thing you've said, and I want to share some advice with our audience. Okay. Okay, and I think you'll agree with this advice. The training department, in my opinion, if we're going to unleash training, because that's what this is all about, is how do you take the power of training to the organization should emulate great culture. And if your organization doesn't have great culture, doesn't have these best practices that we've been talking about, not just that you should emulate it, but the training department should emulate it. And if you do those things, the training department's going to be more successful. People are going to stay longer. People are going to appreciate it. But the entire company is going to appreciate the training department. And it's, and it's going to make a difference. And you're going to be listening to your learners based on everything you said. So I think we've gotten a lot of really great advice. Julianne, it's always a pleasure for me to talk to you and to see, I get to see you because we're doing this yeah. on video. Ditto for <laughs> me, Evan. Absolutely. This is a, a new friendship in the last couple of years and I've totally enjoyed it thus far. Very good. Well, I'm going to say goodbye to everyone. Everyone have a wonderful day. Thank you. This has been Training Unleashed, but it doesn't stop here. Just go to trainingunleashed.net to subscribe to the show. That way, you'll never miss an episode, and you'll be well on your way to delivering training programs that are off the chain. We'll talk to you next time on Training Unleashed. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.